all around pretty terrible night for Indiana basketball. Both the men's and women's team fall in frustratingly collapsing fashion late in their games. Uh, men's team loses at Ohio State. Women's team loses to Iowa. We're going to recap both games today and try to talk through this one. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, February 22nd. Hope you all are having a fantastic day. This, as always, is Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only uh, one-stop shop, daily one-stop shop, I should say, for IU Athletics news, analysis, previews, and as we'll do today, recaps. Uh, We do anything from men's basketball and women's basketball to football, soccer, everything you guys could want. You guys know the deal. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Just a reminder, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we premiere episodes daily at 7 a.m. just to make that part of your morning routine. Oh, boy, what a what a whirlwind of a night for uh, Hoosier basketball in general. At probably around 9.30 Eastern time, I thought we were going to have a really awesome podcast where we were talking about two big road wins by both teams. Uh, with various implications of both. About 45 minutes later, we're talking, reality set in that we're talking about two very, very frustrating and disappointing losses uh, from both the men's and women's basketball teams. They looked awfully similar, and they happened, the two endings happened within about 30 minutes of each other. Uh, made for a really, really, really frustrating night. We're going to dive into both games. Before we do that, as always, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. I know I said we were going to do a spaces tonight at halftime. In reality, it was going to be too chaotic with the women's game starting and the men's game going on. I promise we're going to do that uh, just not as there's two games simultaneously going on. I was already trying to juggle both games at the same time. We're going to do that. Uh, We'll get that figured out here down the road, but I promise follow us on Twitter. We're going to do a halftime spaces during these games, Uh, probably the next game coming up just to uh, get everybody's thoughts on how uh, the first half of games are going and whatnot. So let's dive into this men's game first. Um, Oh, what it's the same old song and dance. Uh, it's a script we've seen many times this season. Indiana loses to Ohio State on uh, Monday, 80 to 69 in overtime. To be honest, that score is a little bit um, generous to Ohio State because this one, IU was in control of this one and they let it get away just. Again, they did it against Iowa. They did it against Wisconsin. They did it against Northwestern, to be honest. I always kind of have an asterisk on that game because of everything surrounding it. But all those games are road games that they let get away. This is the latest among them. Um, And Mike Woodson echoed those thoughts after the game. Uh, Quote, this was a winnable game, and we just didn't make the plays again down the stretch. 
I wish I had the magic pill to get them over the hump because, again, we're right there. It's a lot of quotes I know IU fans are tired of hearing. I didn't specifically see him mention learning how to win. It's true. I'm not going to reiterate that. That isn't a process that has any finite timeline. Uh, I would love it if IU just learned how to win and they won games. But that's that's a process they're still trying to learn. There's reasons why it's not happening. We're going to talk about some of them. The end of the story is uh, IU had a wild second half rally. I They got down by 10, 11 points. I thought it was done. I did not think IU on Monday without. Uh, I mean, it's got to be noted, they did not have Christian Lander. They did not have Trey Galloway. They did not obviously have Rob Fennessy. That's your second, third, and fourth string point guards in some order, all not available. Meant you had to rely a lot on Xavier Johnson, predictably for better or for worse. But IU got down by double digits in the second half and rallied and led 63-59 to with 2.47 left. They were outscored. 21 to 6 in the final 747 of regulation and overtime. The final 247 of regulation, the final five minutes of overtime. Ohio State shot 18 of 23 at the free throw line in the second half in OT. Xavier Johnson mentioned after the game, Hoosiers have got to stop fouling. Again, another thing that's plagued them all season long. They foul too much. Uh, that's been a problem forever. Xavier Johnson, honestly, is one of the worst. About it, he fouled out of the game uh, with some theatrics late. Uh, Hoosiers committed 21 fouls. Ohio State went 22 of 28 at the line in total. I mean, it's the same stuff over and over again. I feel like a broken record after these games because it's the same things we're saying. Uh, to Xavier's credit, I mean, we, it, we mentioned it was an up-and-down night. Him, Miller Cop, Tamar Bates led that second-half comeback. The three of them combined for 26 points in the second half in overtime. Uh, Miller Cop kind of got it started. He came alive with, I mean, we're going to talk about him. He came alive with one of his best stretches of play in a while. Tamar Bates hit some absolutely enormous shots uh, toward the end of regulation. Xavier Johnson was there making plays throughout most of that, uh, but it wasn't a sustainable formula. And the Hoosiers kind of found that out the hard way. They rode the wave uh, that took them really high and then brought them crashing back down late. Honestly, IUP comes too predictable late in games. It, it felt like it feels like a different team when that clock ticks to about three, four minutes left. When IU was at its best on Monday, they were decisive, they were quick, they got into actions, they didn't let defenses get set and punish team or Ohio State specifically, but this is kind of a general thought, punishes teams uh, quickly when things go awry as they did on Monday. It's because they're standing, the guards are standing, even Race Thompson is standing at the perimeter, ball above their head, looking, kind of deliberating if they can make an entry pass to Trace Jackson Davis. And that seems to be the only thought process they have is that they have to play through Cherry through Trace, which can be the case, but particularly on Monday, Trace didn't really have anything going, especially in that second half. Uh, he only finishes with 13 points on three of nine shooting. Uh, he only attempted two shots in the second half, uh, one more in overtime. You didn't need to play through Trace. I know that's how they typically play, but it just feels like when that clock starts ticking down 
the the Hoosiers feel like he has to get the ball, which generally you want, but on a night like Monday and just in general, let the offense flow and it will find the right guy. Um, and that's where the things went awry for Indiana. They're just looking on Monday for Trace. It wasn't happening. couple bad turnovers, couple late shot clock possessions. Uh, they don't get buckets when they needed them. Ohio State does. Uh, it actually wasn't EJ Liddell on the night. It was Malachi Branham who went off for 27 points um, and made the Hoosiers pay late. Liddell did get the dunk that tied the game in force overtime. There were some defensive breakdowns late. That dunk came from Race Thompson completely losing Liddell. There was some miscommunication. There were some screens where there was some switching. Ultimately, he was supposed to go back to Liddell. Him and Xavier Johnson got confused. Both of them thought they had a guy out on the perimeter. Uh, both of them tried to jump the passing lane. Liddell was standing wide open under the basket. And over time, there was overhelping that didn't need to happen from both Tamar Bates and Xavier Johnson. Uh, that led to Bates fouled a three-point shooter. Uh, Johnson's guy knocked down a three-pointer. Just those small things that add up to IU losing this game. Uh, after the game, Woodson was upset about the turnover late in regulation and allowing the dunk to Liddell to tie it. Everybody's frustrated about this one. Um, I don't know what else there is to say because this is something we've discussed three, four, five times this season. Uh, we'll, we'll try to tell the story through a handful of different players on the night. Uh, that really stuck out with their performance. Uh, follow Football might be over, though, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. March Madness is around the corner. Second half, unofficial second half of the NBA season is starting up at the end of the week. From all the latest odds, player or totals, player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds as well. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Uh, we are free and available wherever you guys listen to podcasts at. Three players that stuck out on the day and kind of tell the story of a tale of two halves, really, for the Hoosiers. Um, we have to start with Xavier Johnson. We, we talked about it. Um, with no other point guards available on the roster, um, this team was going to have to live and die with Xavier Johnson. And they lived and they died with Xavier Johnson. First half, he has four points, one of five shooting from the field, uh, missed his only three-pointer, was two of two from the line, had an assist and five turnovers. I think all five turnovers came within the first about 10 minutes. He got benched. Uh, maybe it was rest. Maybe it was, I mean, he didn't play well. Parker Stewart was the de facto backup point guard. Honestly, it wasn't awful. Him and Anthony Leal kind of shared the ball handling duties. Stewart bailed out the Hoosiers a couple times with some contested threes in those possessions. He was acting as point guard. Xavier showed the value, uh, showed his value. What makes him valuable? What also holds him back? 
he can be so impactful when he's just decisive and plays almost instinctually. And whether it's getting to the rim, dishing off, all those types of things, when it when it feels instinctual and second nature to him, you see why he's so good and why he can be so impactful. It's those moments when he kind of starts overthinking and doing too much that things start to go awry. And that's typically what happens at the end of games is everybody's so focused on getting the ball to Trace, trying to figure out how to, to get the ball to him that uh, a lot of times that's when the shot clock gets down and then Xavier has to do too much and force something. And uh, some of it's a product of him having the ball in his hand and being the point guard and he takes some of that blame, but you're also the point guard and you need to get the offense going. I can tell you that Mike Woodson does not want the offense to look like that at the end of games because no coach does. So I know there's frustration with him. This is a joint thing where this is one thing that's very noticeable is that every Big Ten team knows that the Hoosiers have no outside shooting and they are absolutely packing the paint. It does not matter which team it is. Every team is doing it. They are hyper-focused on Trace, Race Thompson when he's down there, and they're just not remotely worried about shooters. Parker Stewart was on the court to close the game. He's someone that they were aware of, but if you look at that Tamar Bates three that he hit late in the game, wide open. Nobody in the same planet as him because they weren't worried about him. Um, and Xavier Johnson's kind of a, a an example of that. He missed both threes on the night. On the second half, one of those was the last second uh, shot to try to win the game after Liddell's dunk. Still finishes with eight points on uh, two of five shooting from the field. Uh, it was actually 12 points, including overtime. He was eight of eight at the line. Had three assists and only one turnover in the second half in OT. It's the good and the bad with him. You had to live with it if you were the Hoosiers. If nothing else, he's showing why Rob Finnessy was so valuable uh, this season. Um, it's it's a it's it's nothing new again, but it was just another example of um, why he's valuable and why he can also hurt the team as well. Tamar Bates had one of his best games in some time. I thought you can see things are starting to click for him. He's been playing better and better. Uh, on Monday, he had kind of the sh big shots and big moments to prove it. Had seven points. He only shot three of 11 from the field. He was three of eight in the second half alone. Uh, all of his points came in the second half. Knocked down uh, one of his four three-point attempts. Had five rebounds. Hit some massive shots down the stretch. Um, he, I, I'm so impressed by him kind of bouncing back the way he has because it could have been real easy for him to hang his head and um, just struggle through the end of the season. IU absolutely needed him on Monday. They needed somebody among those guards to step up and play kind of above where they've been playing with all those injuries they had. Tamar Bates was that guy. I was happy to see him close the game because I thought he was playing well. Problem was it came at the cost of Miller Cop who was also playing well. Uh, he had seven points uh, on two of six shooting. Um, all those, or uh, yeah, all his points came in the second half, uh, in 13 minutes in the second half to be on, or to be exact. 
two of six shooting from the field, knocked down a pair of free throws and a three, had three rebounds and an assist. That was his best half since maybe the Syracuse game, which is both telling of how good it was and how much he struggled this season. Um, coming into the night, I tweeted it earlier in the game. Uh, might have been even in the second half. The fact he cannot – he he still is struggling to shoot the ball even with um, Monday's performance, but uh, he is – He's struggled all season long to shoot the ball, uh, and it's it's been really detrimental. Like Indiana's really needed him over his last nine games coming into the night. He was shooting thirty one point eight percent from the three point line on two point four attempts per game, um, and on Monday he goes one of three, so that'll go a little bit up, but still, it's not great. The Hoosiers need better from him. That being said, he probably deserved more minutes on Monday night. And I, again, I saw some of those complaints after the game. Mike Woodson is somebody that's going to ride with the group that kind of got him there. And late in that second half, it was the Xavier Johnson, Tamar Bates, Parker Stewart, Race and Trace lineup that got them, um, that really made the run and got them over the hump, got them the lead. And he was going to ride that out. That's how he's been all season. In hindsight, you can look back and say, why didn't Parker Stewart play more? He was playing well. Sure, but I, I'm not sure which of those guys you take out. Maybe you take out Parker Stewart, but I thought he was playing well. He was defending well. He had a couple questionable fouls, but um, it was tough, tough to defend Malachi Branham on the night. I'm just not sure who you would have taken him out for. Um, and by the time overtime came around, like – He'd been sitting so long on the bench. It's just one of those things that you can argue in hindsight. Uh, in the moment, I was fine with it. I didn't have any questions about it. It's frustrating for him, I'm sure, but that was the nature of the night. Overall, again, it's a loss. It's a frustrating loss. It's a fifth straight loss. Um, the Hoosiers are – the season's starting to feel like it's slipping away a bit. Uh, you're now in must-win territory – almost the remainder of the season. I I'm I don't know how we got here. I'm I'm surprised we got to this point. What I can say though and what Mike Woodson said after the game, a quote, the this team is not quitting. And this is not a team that's quitting on Mike Woodson. This that is what's different about where the Hoosiers are now versus under Archie is I saw a lot of complaints about here we go again. This has been just a running theme. Here we go again. IU collapsing down the stretch. Kind of, but this is still a team playing really hard. And they were this close from getting one of their best wins of the season. If they beat Ohio State on uh, on, on Monday, that's one of their two or three best wins of the season. Uh, the fact, I again, I said on uh, the preview episode that I had kind of penciled this in for a loss. Ultimately, it looks worse than what it was, but I still think this was an impressive performance from the Hoosiers. Um, if it had come in a vacuum and not in the midst of a five-game losing streak, I think we'd feel a lot different about this performance. But um, right now, it's a it's another loss. It feels like things are slipping away. If IU brings this effort against Maryland on Thursday, they will win. And if they bring it the next three games, they will win. 
the, the they have to at this point though if they want to make the NCAA tournament. So uh, that's the biggest thing is that these are must-win games now. It's the easiest slate of their Big Ten schedule. So something something's got to give, I guess. Either the Hoosiers are going to have their first three-game win streak of Big Ten play, or the NCAA tournament's probably gone. It's setting up for a fascinating finish to the Big Ten season in all the bad ways, all the stressful ways. But this means we'll have a lot more bubble talk uh, throughout the week and into next week, I'm sure. Women's basketball team mirrored the men's basketball team with a frustrating collapse down the stretch. Uh, and this one is means that they're out of the running for the Big Ten title. Uh, we will recap them losing to Iowa on Monday as well. First, we uh, let's talk about one of our longtime sponsors, Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible to go to your local auto parts store find the part you need. You have to wait in line. You have to get out in the cold. We're still in a pandemic and just it all ends in them telling you that they don't have the part and they have to order it anyway. Why go through all that when you can just go to rockauto.com and stay warm, not have to get in your car and save money as well. Uh, you can save time and money with rock auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50 or even hundred percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Uh, for example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from the store, $216 from Rock Auto. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, whether it's brake, pop, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, we mentioned fuel pumps, maybe even new carpet. Uh, go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Women's basketball team. Frustrating in its own right on Monday. It should be noted this was their fifth game in 10 days. These women have been put in a no-win position as a result of the COVID outbreak, and they've now lost two straight games, and effectively uh, their Big Ten title hopes are gone. I don't think officially they're done, uh, but it's one of those things that this one pretty much chalked it up. They were going to need to win out and get help. They did not win out. They fall on Monday I, or, uh, at Iowa, 86-79. to 79. It was the same story as IU basketball, if we're being honest. Um, this was kind of an inverse of Saturday's game. On Saturday, Iowa jumped out to a big lead and kind of held off Indiana um, in the final – in the fourth quarter. This time, it was the Hoosiers that um, – jumped out and took the lead. Uh, though they didn't lead after the first quarter, it was 26-23 Iowa. Uh, the Hoosiers outscored Iowa 29-15 in the second quarter and really had control of this game for much of the second half, much of the first three quarters. Uh, it wasn't until late in the third quarter that Iowa started to go on a run, get back into the game, and then they honestly dominated the fourth quarter. Um, 
a lot in the same ways that they did against uh, against the Hoosiers on Saturday. Uh, Sonano for Iowa was dominant. 31 points, 13 of 17 shooting from the field, 5 of 7 shooting from the line. She fouled out Mackenzie Holmes. She fouled out Keandra Brown. Uh, she could not be stopped. The Hoosiers had no answers for her. Uh, she was dominant in every sense of the word. Uh, and that was the catalyst for Iowa on the night. The Hoosiers did a decent job at defending uh, Caitlin Clark. She was 9 of 20 from the field, 9 of 9 from the line, 2 of 9 from 3. It's 29 points. They made her work for those. 29 points on 20 shots is not crazy efficient. But ultimately, she got the points. Uh, she hit some big buckets late, added eight rebounds, eight assists. She did have seven turnovers and four fouls, so the, the Hoosiers made her work. Nicole Cardano-Hillary, again, was an absolute pest on that side. It's a word I, I use to describe her all the time. It's honestly the word that uh, I feel best fits her. Uh, she really, really made Clark work. Pat Burke had some uh, possessions on her. Chloe Moore-McNeil. Uh, I think even Grace Berger had a couple, but uh, it wasn't enough. Grace Berger was everything the Hoosiers needed through most of the first three and a half quarters. She had 22 points, eight of 20 shooting from the field, uh, six of seven from the line. Up to that fourth quarter, uh, she was really, really good. She had a couple shots in the fourth, uh, but ultimately went one of five in that fourth quarter. Uh, 0 of 1 from 3. So uh, up to that fourth quarter, she was 7 of 15 from the field with 20 points. So she was everything the Hoosiers needed, but she didn't have a ton of help and they couldn't get the defensive stops they needed. Nicole Cardano Hillary had 15 points, uh, five rebounds, four assists, but did foul out, did have six turnovers, uh, did have three steals as well, just a, a wild. Um, game from her. Pat Berg had 11 points, but on 11 shots. Hoosiers were all right offensively. They shot 46% from the field, um, but it was they went ice cold in the second half. Uh, they were 10 of 28 in the second half, 35%, and that came after being 21 of 39 in the first half, 53%. So uh, the longer the game went on, the more cold they got from the field offensively. And the inverse was true for Iowa. They got warmer and warmer from the field. Um, Iowa shot 50% in the first half, but had 14 turnovers. Uh, they only had seven turnovers in the second half and shot 58% from the field. Those turnovers were uh, one of the big reasons IU was leading. They Scored 30 points off of 21 Iowa turnovers, uh, but they couldn't make up the difference. Just the battle down low. Iowa had 46 points in the paint to 40 for the Hoosiers. Um, and it was just a dominant performance from Sinano. That's a really, really good Iowa team. And the Hoosiers just look like they were a team kind of running out of gas. Um, as I said, that pretty much means they don't have any shot at the Big Ten title now. Uh, Michigan, I believe, is all alone with three losses uh, atop the Big Ten. Iowa controls their own destiny. If Iowa wins out, uh, that would include a game against Michigan. 
If Iowa wins out, they're your Big Ten champions. Uh, but Michigan is 12 and three. Ohio State, Maryland, Iowa are 12 and four. Indiana is 11 and four. Their goal now is to get the double bye, which means they have to finish with a top four seed. If they beat Maryland, simple as that, they're guaranteed it because Maryland will have five losses. Indiana will have four. Um, so that Maryland game still carries some weight, but not the weight we thought it could have, where it could have been a Big Ten title decider. Uh, Michigan and Iowa made sure that that wasn't the case in the last week. So Indiana still needs to beat Maryland, get that double bye in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, but a frustrating, just disappointing loss uh, for the Hoosiers, who ultimately, or at least for the regular season, going to have one of the best teams they've ever had and unfortunately not get a Big Ten a regular season title just because it's been a one of the wildest years I can remember for the Big Ten for women's basketball. That's five legitimate top 25 teams uh, in the Big Ten that are just duking it out right now. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Thank you for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow uh, to talk more about the men's basketball team, some bracketology updates, uh, see where the Hoosiers are on the bubble, the men's team after this loss. Now, make your second listen to the Locked On NFL Draft podcast with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and avail available wherever you get podcasts. Appreciate all the love. Again, I know I say that all the time. I, I earnestly appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review if you haven't already. Uh, most importantly, though, guys, have a great Tuesday and LEO.